Welcome to the Knock on Archery podcast, where we bring all archers and bow hunters together from all walks of life with the goal to educate, empower, and inspire you to be better both in the field and on the range. I'm here with Chris Jansen, dog. Yes, that's the, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> We've This has been a long time coming, and we have connected once again in Colorado. Yes. And... I literally pull up, and you've already killed a bull again. Thank you. What in the heck? Hey, by the way, I want to say, too, that this is uh, the first official podcast I've ever done. I've turned down every podcast um, until now. I wanted to thank you for that. I, I, hey, I don't say it for that. I just say it because I we're friends. I appreciate what you, you have done for me and my family, and I love your, your archery techniques, your skills, and just you. So I said, yeah, man, I just... I'm I'm doing one podcast and this is going to be it. Oh, <laughs> one and done. Well, I'm going to do no, I'm going to do this one and then I made, you know, if if hey, if Bass Pro has one, I'm in. If Cabela's has one, I'm in. But only ones that mean something to me. Uh, well, I love that. Dude, I have to dig. I've intentionally not dug too deep into where you came from. Yes. Because I think it's such an awesome conversation because I was lucky to meet you uh a year ago and We've actually done quite a few things yeah. since that. We did, you know, came to your concert. We did an awesome thing for a veteran oh, in dude. Des Moines, which By was the way, legit. That was legit as it could be, man. Given you building the veteran bow and giving the veteran bow away and, and letting me be a part of that was like a, a highlight for my career. And, you know, we try to do as much as we can for the troops, as you know. Yeah. As you do as you're, well. Yeah, you're all in. A- yeah, I love man, that. you got to be. And, and and whether it's through Black Rifle or whether it's through Bass Pro or – which we've I've done in conjunction with both companies um, – at, you know, and you have two. It's like, but it, it, man, that's where that is what it's all about. Like nine eleven just passed, and and uh, for instance, I was playing in Baltimore, and um, and and we had we had some Marines and some Army guys out, you know, oh. as, as fans. But it was really cool to see them in their in their uh, you know in their uniform, and yeah, man, it was great to see. It's, it was great to see people lifting up not only military but first responders and and uh, law enforcement, and you know, it was a very sentimental day for our country and. Uh, it was just, it was really did. It was good for my heart. Your, your talent is in my opinion, ridiculously under, under discovered. Thank you. Is that a good word? Yeah. Underrated. Is it a, as, is underrated? It a word? Underdiscovered? Yeah. Underdiscovered, underrated. Because I feel like there, um, I was lucky enough to hear you sing and perform just at a campfire. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, someone sent me a picture. Caleb, my camera guy, sent me a picture of my face because he was sitting across from me, and I just literally was melted. I was like, thank you. Holy crap, is this guy ridiculously good. And then, thank you. And then when uh, you did the concert in Des Moines and I went and I saw you play, your wife Kelly, she's like, have you seen Chris like on stage? And do I go, thing. I said, I haven't. And she's like, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> And and I okay. remember when I came back around to the back when we had that little break. Yeah. I told you I go, dude, the floor, the upper mezzanine <laughs> was fl- was flexing <laughs> and I said, dude, if you get people bouncing again, you will bring this house down because yeah. it was like yeah. flexing. But you're ridiculously talented. Thank you. I mean, every instrument Yes, pretty much. Uh, every in- I'll say this: every instrument that I feel comfortable doing, 
other than that, you know, like you and I talked earlier in the day today, it was like about you feeling like you take t six steps forward and then three steps back. That's me learning, by the way. Well, that's me learning too. So <laughs> I'm not a – I am the kind of person that either if I can do it right off the bat, I've got it. Oh, and really? if I can't do it right off the bat, I don't even want to do it anymore. Are you a hands-on learner or a yes. like so you need to do and visual? I I'm a vis I'm a <laughs> I'm all three. I'm <laughs> audio, visual and physical, but mostly physical and visual. How right quick, off the bat. How quick did I wanted to talk hunting, but now you've like sparked my interest in music. Well, let me say this really quick. I yeah. never shot a bow until I shot my first deer. <laughs> That's awesome. True story. So when did that start? Nine Let's years old. Let's just go there. Nine, Nine years old. That's when I shot mine. Fist yep. bump. Boom. Where Nine were you years at? Old. I was uh, Mississippi. Yeah, I was in Missouri uh, where I was born and raised. I, so I grew up like 30 miles south of the Drury guys. Oh, really? Yeah. When I was, so you didn't grow up far from me. Mm -mm, really? No, yeah, same not part that of the Midwest. Far. I grew up right on the Mississippi River. And uh, nine years old uh, with uh, one of the original uh, Browning yeah. kids' oh, bows. Dang. You remember those Micromidus? guys? It, uh, it, I don't even think it was that fancy. Was it? Uh, did it have like a wooden handle back then? It had a no. It was all like polyurethane feeling <laughs> plastic. You know, it was like I yeah, it was it. like plastic or or, or bonded or epoxy, you know, limbs or whatever. But it was like all one piece. My first one was uh, one of those red fiberglass recurves. Yeah, that was like my first one. Yep. I shoulder shot a deer, my first deer, um, but I was a bow hunter from then on. And I, sh I, sh you know, I gave up bow hunting after that because it ruined me. That's like like with Jesse, with my youngest, whom whom you built the bow for. Yeah, I'm really critical on him. I don't think most parents would be critical on their kids like I'm critical on mine. I love my kids more than anything in the world, but if they want to play big boy games, they have to get treated like a big boy. Yeah, that's just that's my rule. Yeah, and that's how I. That's how I was treated. We come from the country, dude. That's how we all That's grew right. up. Like, but I'm, I'm glad of that because I learned at an early age what the real world was like and what shooting a deer in the shoulder meant mm -hmm. and how awful it made me feel. Did you feel – because I know how I feel as an adult. Yeah. Was it worse as a kid? It was – it was it, it ruined me from bow hunting. I never picked up a bow again until I was 22. Were you just like – so, so like sad about the fact that, that was over it man i was dang. like oh my god I, you know i crippled look, something i love to hunt yeah i don't love to kill it's yeah. that is not why i do it i love to hunt yeah um and and man i've ne i just don't have a killer's heart i just i've never <laughs> been that you know and there's a difference but you do have a killer's instinct well I thank will you say, thank you i will say you've last year you made a last year you had an an all-day self yes. stock and you shot a and and what I really appreciated about it is there certainly was an opportunity of bigger bulls, but you're like, this experience, I've never, like, yes. you were like, dude, I did, it was just stock, I had to sneak, I had to crawl, I was, yeah. like, doing this whole thing. I so. could have taken a 400-inch bull, no problem, at 70 yards, or at 37 yards, I could take a 200-inch bull, and I would, mu every day of the week, <laughs> and now until I'm dead, I would take the 200-inch bull over the 400-inch bull because inches, when it comes to that kind of stuff, does not matter to yeah. me. Literally, I don't care if it's a cow horn spike or a cow. Yeah. If you can smack an elk yep. at, on your feet or on your knees or on your back or however you got to do it on foot. I think you did all three, correct. actually. <laughs> Primitive-style hunting yeah. with a bow. You're doing something. I don't care who you are. I'm mm -hmm. not patting myself on the back. I'm, I'm complimenting my, my comrades. Like it's, it's, I think there's something to be said for that. So I appreciate that, man. And it was, it <laughs> Who was got you into – like who took you on your first hunt? Uh, me. You just went on your own? Yeah. My dad said, don't 
do not. I, okay, so first of all, let me say this. I wasn't raised. I was raised around coon hunters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And real rednecks. If you ever seen Sling Blade, <laughs> yeah. I was raised around like uh, Doyle <laughs> yeah. type people. Okay. Yeah. Hank Jr. fans <laughs> slash Doyle type yeah. people. Yeah. So it was like. It was that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they would much rather ride around and hunt out of the window of the truck at Seven Mile Ridge or something like that. And, <laughs> and if they're gonna go out, they're running dogs and the whole deal. So who got me into hunting? Nobody really. Um, my dad was never really into hunting. Mm-hmm. I think he just you know he liked to go squirrel hunting every now and again, but he was not a big deer hunter. Those kind of things. Uh, granddad, uncle, people like that. I just never really got to go with them. They never invited me. And it was always like a deer camp thing. You know, yeah. Southern Missouri guys go to Northern Missouri to go to deer camp. Mm-hmm. And it was always flux, you know, just a total influx of every redneck from every county, you know, staying at the Drury Inn or whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, when I was also nine years old, um, so I, I kind of got into it all at once. The bow, the bow shot was taken up on the neighbor's farm, who was who my buddy Brad Shrimp now owns. I graduated school with, small, long story, but... Uh, my first deer that I actually was able to harvest was uh, five points, uh, but a, but a you know a nice deer, probably I don't know, probably ninety inches. Yeah. And I, my dad said, "Do not go with without me, ever." So the first thing I did when I got home from school was went was load up a twelve gauge <laughs> slug. Oh dang! Okay. In a, in a Winchester pump. Oh, you nice. And I went out by myself and smoked my first buck. Sounds awesome. You were lucky to have the Winchester. I had an 870 Remington. <laughs> I'd have taken that. I got my ass whooped too, but uh, got my ass whooped. But but man, it was uh, it was also a great experience because I learned from an early age that I'm an alpha hunter, and I have to do it. That's that's why like when you mentioned last year laying in the elk field uh, in Colorado, I laid out there for like six and a half hours. We were talking about this morning. Like me and my guy, he was like, man, we left for lunch, and Jesse was with us, and he was tired, and. I laid like six and a half, seven hours on my back and on my belly and just shimmied through this open field and finally got it done. But I've always had that. You're right. The killer instinct, I've always had that. I I have a lot of Native American in my blood uh, ancestrally, and I think that there's something to be said for when that's just in your blood Uh, and in your bones. Yeah, it's DNA, man. I think you naturally – I think as humans, you know, we're we're naturally – hunter gatherers yeah some of us not all of us but some of us are i think it primarily is deep down in there but yeah i definitely think families that never that have never had to provide they always had there was i think anytime you have a camp or anytime you have a community there's providers there's caregivers there's you know builders right there's like a lot of different parts of that so i think people who maybe had a different responsibility within that tribe maybe that dna just kind of kept funneling down i totally agree but wherever mine came from was flat out no one here is eating unless you bring something home tonight right and for whatever reason that like that switch clicks whether i wanted to or not yeah me too when something gets in front of me people just say like you have this different look yeah where the big smile and nice guy like that just <laughs> yeah it's primitive <laughs> i know hey, pat this morning my guide was like he said the same he was in the same reference he was like man i really was thinking is he really about to take a 65 yard shot from his knees behind a bush and kind of over an incline i get oh yep okay never mind he just took it he's I dead mean, <laughs> dude if you don't take it if you don't take the shot man 
I may not get another opportunity the whole time I'm here. Oh yeah, and you, uh, never, you never know. But forty yards later, it was over. To kind of talk a little bit about that, we we did a little bit of shooting, and then I built you uh, the a bow that bow. was yeah. When you got it, you're like, dude, this thing is so dialed. Oh, it's dialed because it was it was set to. I think I, I think uh, both bows I built for you were both just shooting ridiculous groups at 100 yards for me. So, dude, this morning when I talked to you on the CB, that made my day because I was I was literally holding your bow in my hand and and uh, I was holding the black rifle one in particular. Man, being able to shoot that far and be confident yeah. shooting that far is a whole different thing. Yeah, right. So I feel very very blessed and i appreciate you for that man it's 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 awesome i i don't feel i never felt comfortable with you're any three other for three on bulls aren't you yeah uh, fi- uh 57 yards 37 yards and 62 yards i love that you remember it in that order I, and I can take you exactly <laughs> where i was sitting and what rock my knee was on <laughs> that is awesome yeah so once you went 23 you said you uh picked it up 22 you picked it up again yep i picked it up again stone cold and I uh, went into the woods, and I had a uh, nice 130-inch eight-point down on October 29th, I want to say it was. <laughs> Dude, you remember all of it. 2011. No wonder you can play. You have a good memory. Well, you got to have an iron box memory, man. It's like it's important to people, you know. People appreciate when you remember things. They do. About them. They do. My, my downside is names. <laughs> That's why normally when I meet someone – I immediately give them a nickname because if I give it to them, I remember it. Or it's great to see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we went up. Uh, I just spent four days with a couple dudes. And when we got down, we needed to just, like, report in that we were s- safe and everything. So I was like, what was, that? What was the guy's name? <laughs> Trevor looked at me. He's just like which one i'm like who we were with and he's <laughs> i actually still don't remember it and he's like did you not know his name i go i called him hey buddy all weekend mm-hmm. i totally remembered his name <laughs> dude i've done that a gazillion times but that's okay i mean hey it's name he obviously he, he answered didn't he oh yeah there's the bottom line yeah yeah normally fist bumps and high fives have you written any songs about uh just kind of the brotherhood that's bonded when you hunt with someone, like when you share a camp with someone. Yes, the closest thing I've I have two. Because it's so many people have said, "Well, how do you know this person? Why are you got? If you haven't known each other that long, how are you guys such close friends?" I'm like, dude, we got dirty and we got bloody together. Yeah. And once that happens, you're either in for life or you re- or or you recognize, like, this person isn't part of the DNA. He ain't my speed. You're in or you're out. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. It's, it's like I say it all the time. Hunting, especially a tough hunt, is a litmus test for life, for a life, someone that you can rely on for life. Mm-hmm. Really? Have you written any songs, like, about that connection that happens? Not particularly on all the points you just mentioned, but two come off the top of my head. One is called The Real Bass Pro, R. R double E L Bass Pro. <laughs> I wrote that because of my relationship with Johnny, mm-hmm. you know, um, and JP and and the whole Bass Pro family. But but it started with Johnny. 
because it started out as a real friendship first. Yeah. And uh, and then business came later. But friendship was first and still is yeah. on the forefront. Yeah. And uh, I'm proud to say that I call him one of my best friends, and he calls me one of his best friends, which is amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, without him, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met Evan Hafer. I wouldn't have met Richard Childress. I wouldn't have met any of our friends. Yeah. I wouldn't have met any of our circle. Yeah. Right? Um, Clay, JP, none of them. Would have, wouldn't have been able to come on awesome trips of to elk camp or deer camp or wherever yeah turkeys but uh so the real bass pro would be the first one i recorded that on my last album uh the all-in album and then there's one that i have unreleased i haven't recorded yet called days in the field that i wrote about jesse i heard that one at the campfire yeah very that'll touching. mess you up yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah, one messed i me cried up. dude i did too i cried that i'm surprised you made it through it yeah I'm it's hard man. you made it through it days in the field is probably the closest as far as that c- is concerned um just because you know it's it's really relatable to people like us you know who uh, who really appreciate that and you don't even have to be a hunter or fisherman to under to experience or understand it i mean if you're the same goes for athletes or whatever you may be into yeah um you know my older son is like an athlete he's not a hunter but he's a total he's a you know he loves to be he's a jock which is which is amazing (laughs) because we have a whole other connection that i don't understand but i learned through him yeah uh i think probably the third one would be a song called that it's unrecorded as well called um you only get so many, uh, and and I wrote that. I also that was also inspired by Johnny Morris, which ironically, but he's a great inspiration for a lot of things and to a lot of people. But um, he's he mentioned one time that you only get so many sunsets, you only get so many days in the field, you only get you know so many moments with your kids. Yeah. So I wrote this song. It says, uh, "A man only gets so many years. Trucks only get so many miles. Uh, guitars only play so many songs. So pick them all with a smile." So many people get caught up uh, in all the small don't matter stuff, uh, burning up the days like they've got plenty. But, man, you only get so many sunsets to lay eyes on, good times to get high on. Uh, make every one you get a memory because you only get so many. That's so awesome, dude. Thanks. You know what's what's really hard? It makes you appreciate it, but it's also in some ways kind of a bummer. But when you think about it, like right now I'm 46, I was thinking, how much longer am I going to physically be able to do this? You know, and then when you start thinking, could I do this at 75? Probably not. <laughs> right? I hope. We hope we could. But but let's let's say for me, let's say at 76 I can still do a mountain elk hunt. That means that you and I will only get 30, 30 from right now. Yeah. 30 more times <laughs> to crazy, be able to do it? this. I know. Right? Yes. So you have to, like, wh- you know, someone walked up to me and said, ha- are you always smiling and happy? And I'm like, dude, if I'm, I only have so many more years of being able to hunt with the people that have literally altered my whole life Amen. path and i i have to make the most of every single day that i'm able to do that you know yeah. you have to because when you look at it like that it's like wait i only have 30 more i'm past i'm already past the the most amount of times if i'm lucky that i can enjoy being a western mountain hunter type thing yeah. you know and it's kind of like whoa dude you need to make the most of it I've got a question for you, and first I'm going to kind of tell you my why it, why I'm asking this, but 
over the last several years, I've spent a lot of time mentoring people that I feel like are very good for bringing a positive light to, to the bow hunting community. Yes. So I've been mentoring. And with that comes a lot of your time where you're not necessarily doing, you know, you're, you're guiding, you know, you're, you're, you're helping, you're calling. And that's all days that you could potentially have something on your own. And this last year, I kind of, told a lot of these people that people know are my friends i kind of said like hey i'm taking your training wheels off you know what to do like do it and and we're going to see each other in a camp somewhere but i i need to have me time again yeah so this year i just everything i've done has been on my own so and and so i just and i had to well, today I came off of what, where, what were you at? Thir- I was at thirteen eight. Yeah, you know, and came down and and uh, I've just been doing these like grassroots tough hunts because I really felt like I had to find where I started again mm-hmm. because it's what makes it honestly is what makes me the happiest, and I feel like I'm a very proficient hunter when I'm in a solo mode versus like, and I'm asking this because some of the venues that you do and, and that I've been to, they're grassroots crowds that know who Chris Jansen is Mm -hmm. and they pretty much almost bring the damn floor down. Mm -hmm. So do you pick those types of things because you want to stay true to like who you are and stuff rather than try to, it it feels like when I've gone mainstream or more commercial and honestly more kind of political, just kind of I love the people in the hunting community, so I don't want to come down on it, but it some things are clicky and you have to like <laughs> so clicky. You have to sometimes be around people that you I'm not saying I don't like being around them, but I'm saying that when I'm in Alberta and I have an old crappy camper and that's what we're hunting out of and we're rowing boats and I'm with two of my friends that I've spilt a lot of blood with and who who never care like how many followers I have they never ask nothing like that when I'm there it's like I am so real to to what I'm like loving and living and it's hard for me to even post as much as I could because I want to be in the moment at yeah, that time. Me too. But I feel like that's what really keeps you real to people. So d- do you kind of do that same thing when it comes to your music so that you're like yes. you're just feeding off this genuine energy coming to you? Yes. Thank you, by the way. And thanks for recognizing it. And you're right. We pl- I play a wide array uh, of venues. I've always said this. I will play where I get paid and where the fans will show up. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. Man, it's all about the fans at the end of the day. It's yeah. all about the people who got you there. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, it is. It's the reality of it. Yes, there's factors of it that go into, you know, you, obviously the base roots of having to play and sing and yeah. be able to do the job. Yeah. But, man, if you don't have the fans, no matter if it's in a theater, an arena, a 100,000 people at a festival, a field, a party, the Opry, no matter where it, the radio, yeah, you know, streaming wherever it may be, YouTube, yep, wherever the fans are, wherever they're consuming you and taking you in, yeah, that's where I play. 
I love I love that about when I when I went and saw the people that were coming to watch you. Hardcore. Yeah, they were hardcore people. And listen, dude, I didn't sleep when I got home because <laughs> it. And honestly, it was the first time I had heard your plethora of amazingly amazing written songs Thank honestly you your so- your songwriting ability is Thank is you. is touching Thank you but i just really appreciated that and i've seen i've seen a lot of performers and yeah. I, you know i'm lucky to know a lot yeah but man that thing was crazy yeah i came out and I, and I couldn't sleep at night i'm like the freaking building was shaking Thank, i felt it yeah it was amazing <laughs> I did too. And, that was, and that was a great performing arts center you know beautiful venue um, but man, it it just I, here's the deal. If you treat people how you want to be treated, yeah. if you're good to people, people will be good to you. And of course, we all every dog has his day. We all have our days where maybe we don't feel like doing it as much, or we don't feel like doing this, or whatever it may be. Right? You don't feel like hunting with somebody, or you want to just do it on your own. Right? Yeah. Of course, we all have those days. But man, I you know you mentioned gratitude earlier, and like I have a lot of gratitude in my heart, especially maybe more nowadays than ever because. I realize when I look back, and it doesn't matter where I'm playing or or if you look at a track record of success, if you will, in the commercial standpoint, um, I moved to Nashville to do one thing, continue making a living at being a country music singer. That's it. That's the only reason I moved. And to take it to the next level. Yeah. And and I think even with you, you would agree, like every step in life for guys like us or women like us is like, that we're always looking to take it to the next level, no yeah. matter what. That's just our natural instinct, right? Because we're, we're, we're alphas. We like to win, and yeah. we want to be winners. But with me, at this point in my life, I think I'm, I'm more sunken into being a little bit more comfortable and confident and secure with it because I reached every goal I had. Yeah. So I wanted a number one song. I got it. I, then, then you get one. Then you think, well, that's not good enough. I got to get another one. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, now it's like four number ones in and like a – top five and stuff and i'm so overly i'm just grateful for that i can't even express to you but then having a plethora of fans to play for pretty much anywhere we go that is there i think there's something to be said for that and i'm not the only one but i'm just speaking from my own personal behalf i remember what it's like to show up and nobody else be there either (laughs) yeah so i know what that feels like in the early days and so it makes you extra grateful when you show up and you know what i'm saying and man having the having that kind of success being an Opry member and then being able to do big tours and and have a consistent fan base that keeps you working and have and have a substantial career i mean this is my yeah. job you yeah. know um i think that's one thing though that i that i always like to tell people when they ask like oh you look like you're having so much fun i'm having a blast but kid you not it is definitely my job and i love my job but it's my job so that's why i take it very seriously but that's why I take it so painstakingly fun, too. Yeah. You know, because you got to have a nice, healthy balance. But if I didn't look at it as a job, I wouldn't be making a living doing it. You know, same with you in archery. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've built a job out of doing what you love, which is just pretty unprecedented. I mean, Johnny Moore is the same way. Yeah. He loves to fish. Oh, yeah. So he started a bait shop in a <laughs> in the back of a liquor store. Yeah. And now he's Bass Pro Shops, yeah. you know. But to meet Johnny, he's just John from the bait shop. First, 100%, 100%. first time he called me. He was riding in the back of the truck today, today. with Clay. I, I open the door, and I go, they put you in the back of this little Tacoma. And he's like, to go. He's like, I'm cool back here. Yeah. First time he called my phone, I, I thought, you know, so we met. I, di- I, I got hired. Kid Rock couldn't be there. Kid Rock suggested me for the job in 2018. Good play. 
thank you, Kid Rock. By the way, Bob is his real name. Kid Rock is one of my dearest friends, and he's done more for me maybe than I can count on my hand five names like off the top of my head who've done extraordinary things for me without asking a thing for it back. Mm-hmm. And he's one of them. And uh, Johnny's one of them, too. Yeah. But but uh, Bob recommended for the gig. He said, this guy really hunts, and he really fishes. He, he's, he is the guy. Yeah. you got to hire him. So I did the deal, and that's how the relationship started with Johnny. And not to get too off course here, but the first time John called, he said, hey, Chris, this is John from the bait shop. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> I literally looked at Kelly and I said, who the hell is John from the bait shop, <laughs> right? Okay, because I didn't think it th- and anybody would say that because, yeah. he did, hey, Chris, this is John from the bait shop. All right, call me by a click. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, but that's how it started, man. You know, the more humility you carry through that, the, I think the bigger you win in life. And I, um, heck, man, I, I just. There's I another factor, blessed. though, that that is so critical and unfortunately is just very neglected by a lot of people right now. When people see someone in a in a position where they're doing well, they assume that they got lucky and certainly Kid Rock telling Johnny that that is the luck part. Yeah. But there's a work ethic part that people who aren't willing to do it for some reason are blind to it and dude, you work your freaking ass off. Thank you. I mean, you and Kelly, there's two things that really stand out, in my opinion, when I I watch what you guys are doing. One is how many shows you do. Because I know, like, when I do Total Archery Challenge events or when I do events like that, and granted, I love them. Because that is the grassroots people that that's where I began, and that's who that's that's really who I want to speak to. But when you look at the numbers of who's there and everybody wants three or four or five minutes, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm like, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be a hundred percent on point for every person because that person might've waited three days to, to be able to tell you what, you know, why they appreciate this or, you know, why they love archery. So you have to, when you have to be on point around the clock for days on end and it's days hard. on end, and then you're on a new, and then you're fighting the stress of traveling, and the stress of different beds, and the stress of trying to eat when it's not time to eat, and you're forcing yourself to eat, and you're getting up, like all that stuff is stuff that most people are not willing to do, mm-hmm. time and time and years and years and years and a decade and two decades and now for me three decades. Yeah. It's like, th- if you really want it, it's not luck. No, L- it's hard l- Like, I was, yeah, I was very lucky Joe Rogan called me out on Twitter and said, I want to get some lessons or whatever. And Is that how that happened? Yeah, he, that's you know, so that's pretty much how it went down. And then, yeah, <laughs> I've met a lot of amazing people because of, really because of that, you yeah, know, because course. I worked with him and he recognized the fact that he appreciates work ethic too, like, that's the one thing with Joe, when he sees work ethic in people, regardless, like when you look at the people he talks about the most, it's people that really hustle. And he, you know, because look at what he has, he, he works his ass off. Yep. Like he 100%, he barely, you know, he does sleep, but in my opinion, I don't think he sleeps enough because he's doing comedy, he's doing podcasts. He's being a good friend money to people. Never, money never sleeps, man. Yeah, dude. He's he, working he hard. He works for it. And you... 
and Kelly work for it. And that, that actually you. brings me into the other thing that kind of made me want to hang out with you more. If Thank I, you. if I would say that is the fact you're a family person. Yes. And, and when we f first met, my wife was with, you know, my wife was here and we met Kelly. And when I came to your show, if Sharon wouldn't have came, I wouldn't have came. I'm the same way. You know, and so <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I, I love, yeah, I, there's a lot of people that I've met when I realize they're not really a committed family person. Kind of like, wait a minute, that's a gray area where I do have a choice to walk mm -hmm. in. Which is, to me, and when I have people, not even a question. Yeah, and when I have someone that I've met where I'm like, wait a minute, if I say, hey, do you mind if I bring Sharon? You're going to be like, of course. Well, th I hope you would. Yeah. I hope you, that would be your first thought. Yeah. I mean, with me, you get Kelly. Yeah. With you, you get Sharon. Like, yeah. it's period. Yeah. Where you get Johnny, you get Jeannie. But, I, uh, but honestly, I think. I think Johnny recognizes that. Thank you. Right? Like he recognizes that in people too because yeah. it is it is a it's a part of your character. Thank you. Of everybody's. I appreciate you know what it. I mean? Well, hey, listen, I work ethic and commitment are two things that are going to make a very solid friendship. I'm also an extremely loyal person, as you know. I think I'm extremely loyal. We're guy. a year in, so I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, ass, I'm assuming. Hey, I'm assuming we're doing the podcast. Yes, I kept good uh, to my yeah, word. I, yep, and I, I did. And I first did. podcast. Yep, I love it. And I said, I said when I first saw you, I said, hey, we got to make sure we get that social media pic too, because I didn't want to just, I don't want to waste a shot taking a picture with one of your bows <laughs> without you in it. It makes no sense. Hey, yeah. thanks, John Dudley. I mean, well, okay, cool. A million people say that, but if you get in the picture with the person, you have to show respect. <laughs> so, you know. Very, but I appreciate you waiting for of, that. Well, of course. Um, but I, I'm a loyal person, and I appreciate you noticing those those qualities about me because I, I take great pride in that. Yeah. And, and I'm not bragging about it, but here's the deal. My wife, you get my wife, you get me, you get me, you get my wife. Same with you. Yep. Period. No getting around it. That's why we work together. That's why she manages me. She doesn't manage me because she wants to. Believe me. Yeah. I'm damn near unmanageable. She doesn't yeah. want to manage me. But I said, look, when our, when our career went bam and blew up because Bobby Bones played Buy Me a Boat that morning, yeah. that was random, dude. Yeah. I mean, it was God's timing, and I don't believe in coincidence. However, it was such a unprecedented moment that it was it, – it moved so fast. Yeah. It moved so fast. I just said, okay – I'm not doing. Whoa, I'm not doing this unless you're going to manage We're the in. situation. Yeah. And she said, "Yeah, okay," and that was it. Ever since seven years later, she's my manager. That's it, and we've had all this wild success together. I, and and it is together. It's mm. not just me. My talent only goes so far. That's it. Yeah. And so the one thing I'm most proud of is that you touched way earlier. You touched on you touched on the point about. Uh, like underrated and things like that. I didn't hey, say underrated. No, I no, said un under. Uh, uh, um, I made a new word. Performed, up. or whatever. It, it, but the point is this. Yeah. We have been able to build what we have built the way we wanted to do yeah. it, and the way that we feel comfortable doing it. And um, I think there's so much more to be said even for that than mm -hmm. anything, maybe because we take our kids everywhere. We spend we. Family is first, and whether yeah. that's my two, our, our two older kids or our two younger kids, of course, our older ones are self-sufficient. They don't really need us, quote-unquote, yeah. but you know what I mean. But family comes first, and that's the only way that I attribute that our career has worked as well as it has because 
with the relationships with you or with Johnny or with Evan or whoever it may be. Yeah. The point is, is that that always came first, yeah. but it always came first with all those people too. Yeah. And that's why, you know, people find their tribe. I feel like you guys are soulmates. From oh, we are though. definitely soulmates. And Sharon's a hundred percent my soulmate. Like I can a, tell, you know, a hundred percent. And I feel like when you really have a soulmate, then at that point for me, Sharon is another level of litmus test. When she meets people, there's times where she's just like, hey, I know you might be doing this for a certain reason, but they don't, they're not here for us or you or whatever. I really don't like this person. Yeah. And <laughs> it's okay. She, she wouldn't say that, but yeah. she would just say like, hey, my radar went up. And 99.999% of the time. She's correct. Yep. And and there's times where I'm like, I don't know, you probably haven't just been around them enough. Same. And then all of a sudden it comes around to where the ego like m- rears its face, and the, and she's like, I wanted you to do your thing, but ain't that the that's truth? what I sensed Bro, from the beginning. We are th- we are literally on the same wavelength here. Same with Kelly. And th- th- I got to tell you, soulmate wise, the greatest thing that ever happened was that when we got when we decided we were going to get serious and we were going to be together and be married. Yep. I said, and she said, kind of at the same time, it's like, this is a really cool moment. Okay, what's the one thing that's like, that's, you know, it's like a hard no. What's yeah. a hard line, right? And <laughs> she just said, the only hard line I have is, I don't fight. We're not fighting. If we're going to be in this to argue and fight, I'm out, which pretty commendable. I said, okay. She said, what's yours? I said, well, I hunt when I want to. Oh, I, fi- I fish when I want to, oh my. and I do it quite often. And she goes, "Great." She in the same week she said, "You're gonna have to get off your ass and get serious. You got a family now, so start writing some songs." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I said I can live with that." So that was a that was a that was great for our relationship because um, I can tell you that like even though you know we sit here at hunting camp talking and 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 yes I hunt and fish a lot probably more than I should maybe sometimes but the point is is that she's always been super cool about it and that's like my only hobby that i really have outside of music right full disclaimer before we we're just sitting honestly we're just sitting we're sitting out amongst the outdoors at a a little cedar table doing mm-hmm. a podcast and kelly goes are you guys doing video do i need to fix his beard <laughs> my re- <laughs> my response was can you fix that beard? Yeah, man. <laughs> Can you fix that beard? Listen, Grizzly Adams only grows one way, okay? And he's growing right here on my face. <laughs> She's like, I, well, I, actually, I forget what her response was. She's like, I can't fix it, but I can make it better. <laughs> God. I you know it. what? It took me 36 years to grow a beard. I was going to say, if I, like, wanted to do something in favor of a podcast guest and I, like, tried to grow your beard, I would have had to start when I was three years old. Yeah, well, it took me 36 years <laughs> to do it. And when we got married, when we got married, I I, I looked like um, it was just not that good. I so feel like you have some Amish in that beard thank right there. Thank you. <laughs> I sort of am Amish in the, in the fact that... We always say, you know, we have four amazing kids, but I, but I, and I think she probably would, maybe, maybe, maybe me more so, but I would have had, I would take as many kids as possible. I think that being a parent is like the greatest privilege, and I, I know you agree. Yeah. It's the greatest privilege and honor that we have on this earth. Um, and, you know, it's just the greatest. As I sit here today, I watch my kid across the, the field over there. 
Jesse's uh, still getting after it. Oh, he's he? catching trout one after the other. You Dang. know, that's an, that's an eight-year-old kid. That's who called my elk today. And oh, I did mean, he? Oh, no. F- Full-blown. He was – I don't – Mr. Pat, our guide, doesn't get bugged. He's so cool and laid back. And he understands Jesse. And he asked before we came, he said, is Jesse coming with us again? And I said, yes. He's like, great. <laughs> How's his elk calling? And I said, it's, it's really good. <laughs> and, you know, Jesse taught himself he doesn't use a reed. Oh, dude, he can bugle with Thank the best you. of them. And he uses a voice. tube yeah. that he bought at the toy store mm-hmm. in Florida. So he brought his tube out this morning, and he said, can I, can, can I call? Can I call? Pat said, absolutely. Just I'm going to tell you when to do it and how to do it. Just do it. Okay, great. He called the elk in. <laughs> that sure is did. so awesome. Called in two bulls back to back. That's legit. That is legit. But parenting, man, and being married, I got to say that, like, I can tell you one thing. I'm so in love with that woman that with Kelly that I I would never get married again to anyone else if anything ever happened, God forbid, which I hope it never does. But yeah. I'm saying that I would never get married to anyone else because it was one and done for me. That's how special of a soulmate relationship yeah. we have. And I think she's exactly well, on the shows, same page. Well, it shows, dude. It shows. And I, f- I feel like where you're at with – just what you're doing and, and everything is because you're in it together. It's really cool. I mean, uh, it, it the is only really cool. reason I'm here is because we did it together. I yeah. mean, without – she's the – listen, if without her, she's the missing link. I mean, that I can't do it without her. I wouldn't want to do it without her. You know, I – um, it was a pretty – I thought it was a pretty well-known statement. You know, I said, uh, beside every good man is a better woman. And Sharon corrected me, not in, like, a vindictive way, but in a very, like, she was actually being genuine, and she said, in front of every man is a very good woman. And I, and I said, I thought about it, and it goes right back to what I said as from a litmus test point of view. Yeah. I would have made some horrible, bus- like, business decisions or partnership decisions yeah. or... I would have just probably made some choices based off like bro code more so than having some, uh, you know, someone from an outside perspective, like see, like knowing who I am and kind of having foresight on what someone might want from me, mm-hmm. and then bringing it to my attention. In what reason? And are I they might doing not this? have fully sided with her, yeah. but I had radars up, and then I realized, like, oh dang, she's right again. Oh yeah, dude. Hey, Kelly has the best radars because of her background and her past and upbringing. You know, with and I won't go into it deep. It's not my business; it's hers. But with whether it be past relationships or just you know things she's dealt with as a woman over the years. Yeah. Um, coming up in the music business or. Or just in her modeling career, she had a very successful modeling career and acting career. Yeah, among she's you know, and and I I call her an entrepreneur because her entrepreneurial skills as a single mom, yeah, raising kids and like just getting it done. Yep, like getting it done and not relying on a man or woman or anything. Yeah, just relying on Jesus really, honestly, yeah. and hard work. Um, man, she has crushed it at life. Yeah, because your schedule. One out of every three days you're performing. Yes. And she manages. And she's with you. Every single. And manages yeah. every single yeah. bit of it. And deals with all the bullshit that goes along with it. And yeah. believe me, there is piles and mountains of bullshit that goes with it. 
As fun as piles cool. of rain pouring <coughs> down behind me over as here. As fun as it looks and as cool as it looks, and it is. It's fun and it's cool. Yeah. Man, there's so much junk that goes along with it. Oh, yeah. But yeah. just like any business or any job, right? Yes. All the stuff behind the scenes you never see. It's all just flash in the pan. You see the pretty stuff on the outside. All the stuff that goes into it is like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of the music business. <laughs> Where do you want to go from a hunting point of view? Like, where do you want to, where do you want to, what's your next big thing? What haven't you, oh, you told me a bear. Bear has always been on my bucket list. A mountain lion is even bigger on my bucket list. Dang, you're in the predator mode, dog. And a bighorn sheep. Oh, gosh, you're going full alpha. Nice. Full alpha. Okay. And I love the bow thing, man. I mean, honestly, I used to be a bow hunter until, until gun opened up. Oh. And I'm still a gun guy. I like, yeah. I, I don't mind, you know, using a rifle or a muzzleloader or whatever it may be. But with a bow, it's man, you can't beat the feeling of how special it was this morning. Yeah. And if that would have been with a 308, <coughs> it would have been over so quick and, frankly, kind of boring. Yeah. But with the bow, it was like you had to get down in the trenches and dig and work for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just, like, seeing that shot, because you can't watch a bullet, right? You're like, where did I get it? There is a satisfaction and a gratitude that comes from watching you let go of something. Oh, and this this goes again to DNA. My my first weapon was a was a slingshot, dude. Mm-hmm. But I could watch every rock I shot out of that thing. You could see it knuckleball through the air and when you hit something, a bullfrog, a butter whatever the heck you were launching at, there was just an instant <coughs> gratification of I freaking got it. You the know? wind was blowing really hard this morning. Oh, was it down here? Oh, yeah. It was blowing sideways. Dang. So I was shooting through sideways blowing wind, right? A west wind. It's a weird wind. And I was shooting right through it. And, man, that arrow was literally doing this and then just did this. Clunk. And nice. it clunked as the elk was turning, quartering away. Because he had already made up his mind. Yeah. That the one behind him was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I, he stayed 100 yards. The, and then the 62-yarder, he was like, yeah, I'm out. Because, you know, he came up over the over the Sendero, and there was nothing there. Except so he, a little boy with a wiffle ball bat. Correct. So <laughs> basically that, yeah. So he stood there, and he paced back and forth. But that arrow, when it was flying through the air, man, you know, a 62-yard shot's a pretty good poke. It's a very – it's a long poke. It's a long yeah. shot. And, yeah. And it literally just <laughs> – you know, and it's like that that awkward dead silence in the middle of it. It's like, what did I just do? You know, you have a feeling. Every Everybody, I think, probably has a feeling of, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, man, it just the uh, – just man, I got to tell you, it was like one of the greatest experiences of my life. That's 30, so cool. 37-57-62. <laughs> I love that you remember them all. You got to remember them all. All right, what's the next step? Like, what's what's on your horizon here, dude? Well, this week, as we sit um, in the midst of elk season, uh, you know, of course, like you mentioned, you know, three out of whatever days I'm playing music. So I'm going back on the road. I'll I'll be flying in and out of of camp um, and to go to shows, play shows, come back and and hang out. And, you know, my my hunting is done for the week, so I'm going to help guide and just be there for moral support if people need it or whatever. Yeah, you know, just hang out, fish, and um, enjoy the time away from home because we're already scheduled to be away. And we're playing out west, so we got Oregon and then Reno, and and then uh, man, I just look at it like this, like like I said earlier, wherever I get booked, that's where I'm going, 
I'm just proud people want me to come. Yeah. I'm proud people are willing to show up. You know, there's so much noise out there right now in our business. Yeah. And by noise, I mean we came out of a pandemic and everybody went, oh, my God, I'm going back to touring. Everything's open. Yeah. Well, guess what? Everybody went at one time. Yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. you can see anybody you want. So yeah. the, the the playing field is way too saturated with stuff. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's just noise, it's stuff. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, somehow I'm navigating my own little thing out there, and and it's working. So I'm grateful for that, and um, I'm I'm cutting a new record um, on the 28th. So I'm excited about that. And my career is at a is is what I think at a great peak level, but but it's not at the pinnacle, top of the mountaintop where I want it to be exactly. Yeah. And I feel about three quarters of the way there confidently. But man, um, this next step I'm about to take with the new record. And 2023, and I, I I say this with great confidence, but extreme humility. Please take it that way. Is that um, I I I think the best is yet to come for our career. I just feel it, dude. You're you're amazingly talented, Thank and you. you and you work, and Thank you, you have and you have a a, <coughs> a freaking nucleus around you that Thank is you. destined for success. Like, and I hope more people listen to this and are like, hmm. Let me let me freaking watch this guy. Absolutely. And well, you know, hey, for the listeners out there, you know, if you're a fan of the hits, and so we go back through chronological order. If you're a fan of Buy Me a Boat, I'm that guy. If you're a fan of Fix a Drink, I'm that guy. If you're a fan <laughs> of Good Vibes, I'm that guy. It's like I have <laughs> one or two every year, thank God. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of uh, Drunk Girl or Done, the yeah. song I wrote about Kelly, like – I have a wide array of, of what I've had success with with songs. You've got some tearjerkers too, dog. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, I am about to cut a record of banging, slamming, tempo, rowdy ass. <laughs> Bring Hank, the house down. Hank Jr.-esque <laughs> meets Guns N' Roses. Oh. Rock and roll country boy stuff. And, and man, I'll be slinging that Bass Pro hat on top of my head and you know and doing my deal but it's it's <laughs> just awesome. it feels probably better now than it ever has honestly and i think that that comes with i think that also comes with age and yeah. and maturity and yeah. just being confident in yourself and being comfortable you it's going to be cool if you get to you know if there's another level that you want to get to i personally feel like it's going to be cool when you get to it at a mature age because i was definitely arrogant younger in my life and i feel like yeah i think everybody was and i feel like if you had a a very high level of success i just don't think there's anybody that would ever know how like when you see someone like a justin bieber and people dog him it's like dude he was in a different stratosphere as a teenager absolutely how the heck do you control that yeah like how how do you how do you know how to deal with that you're not fully developed maturity wise and it's I, I that's my opinion yeah i just i just feel like it'll come at a good time <coughs> it'll come like at god's a really timing, good time for you god's time exactly and i think that god's timing i truly believe that god's timing is everything and that he puts us in the right place at the right time exactly when we're supposed to be at it opens doors and closes them at the same time and and i man it's just well really i appreciate that you are a hunter that. in front of millions of people dude I love to hunt. It's fun. <laughs> I know, but but I know a lot of people that that can't be public for political reasons, right? I get that. So speaking of politics, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of, hey, there's no way that I can end this without Chris Jansen, who, and I, you know, I've met Donald, dude. You have to do... You want to hear some impersonations? Yeah, you have to do Donald. Well, the good thing is I, I go through 
It's I, not going to be as good because you can't well, like I, your gestures. Well, I play people both, listening. I play both sides of the sides of the fence when I do impersonations. So whether it be Republican, Democrat, moderate, whatever, it doesn't matter. And because uh, you know politics are politics, we're right? not allowed so, to do politics. But no, you can no, impersonate. absolutely not. Well, which well, said here's the great thing about politics is that you can pick one side or the other. We love sides when shapes, colors, sounds, hunting, fishing, golf. I love golf. No one loves golf maybe more than me. And women, frankly. I mean, no one loves women more than me. I've said it a gazillion times. I'll say it again. Melania, she's a tough, tough cookie. A great woman. Now, here's George W. Bush. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Yeah, that's what I said. There's one time I was out there in Texas on the ranch, and I said, Pappy, <laughs> Jeb is just not quite on the level that I am as far as hunting, <laughs> fishing, and getting her done. Laura <laughs> <laughs> totally agrees. <laughs> Bill Clinton. Yeah, you know, one time I was out there when I was the governor of Arkansas, me and Hillary were out there, and I said, whoa, pig, go pigs. I love football, and everybody knows that, you know, when you're the governor, man, you got governor seats. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, the guy out of the governorship went right into the presidency. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I hadn't heard those two. Here's Obama. Well, uh, Michelle and I, uh, we were out there on the course, and uh, we were doing our thing. You know, we – Got a lot of things that we like to do with the girls, uh, whether it be fishing, hunting, uh, golfing, driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> so Perfectly executed. You gotta go through. You gotta go through them all, is because like I figure if you can't laugh, first of all, on a personal note, if you don't laugh at yourself, you can't laugh at anybody else. Yep. If you can't make fun of yourself, you can't make fun of anybody else. And man, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it be a athlete, a musician, a a. a political figure or whatever it may be i just like impersonations like for instance our, our good hunting buddy john anderson is a well buddy we've got a great thing going out here <laughs> me and big john l you know uh john leonard from bass pro shops we've been knowing him for a lot of years john and he's a great guy we got a great young talent chris jansen that's a country son of a bitch right there and <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a lot reminds me a lot of the days i was coming up early in this business son it was uh we were swinging <laughs> and <clears throat> anyway Dude, I'll tell you th that's a, so for those of you listening that's <laughs> <laughs> On a different level, that's Chris at a concert just going from singing and rocking to getting on a guitar, to getting on a piano, to getting on a bass, to getting on drums, to going on lead solo. Thank you. Well, hey, you gotta I, I've I'm self I'm a self taught musician. Fun fact, just a, a bit of tooting my own horn here, but I'm a self taught musician. I'm a self taught songwriter. And I write all my own songs. I've only cut one outside song, which was the duet that I did with Church yep. last year, You, Me, and the River. He wrote that uh, by himself. Um, but, but we did a duet, so I had felt like I had ownership. you know. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it was obviously the one of the coolest moments in my career. But I write all my own songs because I live them and I breathe them, and, and it's just the way that I do things, and I'd rather follow my own sword doing it my way than, than follow it all. Yep. And with music... Man, I've been playing since I was eight, nine years old. I picked up a guitar, learned Georgia Satellites, Keep Your Hands to Yourself, and I was a huge Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses fan and, and Johnny Cash fan and, and um, Travis Tritt fan and, like, you know, just Did whatever. Did you play GNR? Oh, yeah. I, I I've, I've actually just circled back to GNR. I wrote my first song ever with Duff McKagan. From Did Guns you really? The bass player from Guns. Holy wrote my, cow. Wrote my second song with him and Izzy Stradlin from the original band. Damn. And, um, yeah, so I was. this is a whole other time and place, but I was signed my first publishing deal, which publishing deal means that you're a prof you're signed to a 
company to write songs professionally. Okay. You get paid to do it, basically. Yep. Uh, no different than a book writer, you know. But uh, I got signed to a publishing deal, and they published Velvet Revolver at the time, which was like the second regime. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, yeah, Stone Temple yeah. Pilots mixed with exactly. guns. Exactly, with GNR, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, my first plane ride ever was to Los Angeles, California. That's where my publisher was based. I'd never been on a plane before. And I was, I'd only been in Nashville for one year. That was kind of my big discovery, <clears throat> getting my pub deal. And I got on my first plane ride to Los Angeles and went straight into writing songs um, with my producer at the time uh, and co-publisher. And he took me and introduced me to the Guns guys. And, yeah, it was a, it was a really a wonderful, dang, dude, young time of my life. That was super rad. Yeah, man. Super rad. Well, everybody, this is uh, a buddy of mine that I think is just someone – Everybody should enjoy because you have. Thank you, dude. You're you're a, an amazing entertainer and you're fun. Thank you, you very know, much. You're very very fun. So well, I appreciate you having the time, man. Sit down. Thank and you for all the listeners out there. Just get you a ticket and come see us play. You won't be disappointed. If you if you want to let your inhibitions go, I tell people like if you want to let your inhibitions go, if you got the monkey on your back, if you've had a if you're dealing with depression, anxiety, alcoholism, drug abuse, sickness, illness of any kind. The, the number one key thing is, and you would agree with this, is that you woke up today, if you woke up in America today especially, yeah. you woke up with extreme freedom. You you woke up with um, the blessing of being able to live the American dream, and I'm proof of the American dream. So are you. Johnny Morris is proof of the American dream. So many of our mutual friends are proof of the American dream. Yeah. Black Rifle Coffee, like all of our friends are proof of the American working class dream. And man, that's what my show is all about. So I, I've, I've always said like the guy in Tommy Boy, I, I make car parts for the American working man because that's who I care about and that's what I am. It's like I make country music for the American working man and woman because that's who I am and that's who I care about. So if you want a good time, you come see us play. Dude, let's shake hands, <laughs> fist bump. Heck yeah. Thanks, bro. Knock on Nation, I hope you appreciated it. And uh, I've got to hit the road. I'm going to go find another elk tag somewhere. So... Check you guys later. Be sure to check out knockonarchery.com for our full line of custom designed products as well as free in-depth education and bow hunting entertainment to help you shoot at your best.